Hey everyone, J.D. Pairing here. Do you know we're entering into Thanksgiving week of 2020? And I think for a lot of people, the only thing to be thankful for is 2020 is just about over. Maybe this has been the worst year of your life. For me, it hasn't been that bad. It's certainly not the worst year of my life. Worst year of my life, 1986. I wish I could 86, 86, horrible year. At the end of that year, I, I checked into a hotel for a day and a half, fasted and prayed and just said, God, what now? This has been terrible. I read through almost the entire New Testament and two verses just jumped out at me. One was from Acts 15 on purpose. The other was from Romans 15 on passion. Now, for the last 34 years, I've been preaching on Acts 15. I've probably done that sermon hundreds of times. Maybe you've heard me talk about it on purpose. I have never spoken on Romans 15. And at Journey, as we got into Romans 15 this year, I asked Ben, hey, will you leave me this one verse? Because I want to talk about passion. So we're going to talk about passion next Sunday right here at Journey and outside. Here we are. It's beautiful. Bring a blanket, or if you're going to sit in the sun, bring sunscreen, sunglasses. It's so warm out here. It's wonderful. Uh, it's the Thanksgiving Sunday service. Uh, we're here at 9 o'clock here on campus, 9 o'clock on Facebook, 9 o'clock on YouTube. Hope to see you on Sunday talking about that. It's Thanksgiving week starting today, isn't it? We're entering into that time where we're thankful, and it's uh, Thanksgiving 2020. And uh, here's a picture of, uh, I think this sums it up. A lot of people are saying, Thanksgiving, this has been a terrible year. About the only thing I'm thankful for in 2020 is the fact that it's almost over. And I've heard from more and more people that this is the worst year they've ever had in their life. 2020 has just been a disaster Worst year, and I'm thinking, not me, the worst year for me was 1986. Um, and you're thinking, I, I thought you were just 29. I was before I was born, but still, it was a really bad year. Just awful, dumpster fire year. And uh, toward the end of the year, Lori says, you just kind of need to, to get away. So I actually did something never done before. I've, been, I've done it quite a few times since. But I, I checked into a hotel for like 24 hours. I tried the fasting and praying thing, and that year I just uh, didn't eat, just prayed the whole time. And, and I got a New Testament, a Bible, and I read through almost the entire New Testament. And as I was reading through that, just saying, God, what now? It's been a terrible year. I'm reading through the New Testament, and these two verses just kind of jumped out at me. One of them was from Acts 15, and um, just finding purpose. And the other was from Romans 15 on finding passion. And those two verses just completely changed my life, and they've changed the direction of my life for the last, uh, how long has it been since 86? Do the math, last 29 years. So if, if you know me, I've, I've spoken, I've preached on Acts 15 well over 100 times. That's just my primary, that's a go-to. When I speak a different place, I just do Acts 15. I've never spoken on Romans 15. And this year, as we were looking at it, and it came to this passage, I asked Ben, who was speaking last week, I said, can you save verse 20 for me? As this is a verse that just changed my life. I've never spoken on it. It's on passion. 
And here it is. I want to read it for you. This is the New Living Translation. This is the Apostle Paul, and he says, My ambition has always been to preach the good news where the name of Christ has never been heard rather than where a church has already been started by someone else. He says, my, my passion is for church planting. My passion is to start churches. And when I read that, I just kind of jumped. You know, that's what God wants me to do, to, to start churches. In your version might use the term uh, aim. Here it's uh, ambition. Um, some, some verses say aspiration. I, I love the passion translation. Did you know there's a passion translation? And the passion translation translates it as passion. Of course it does. It says it's my honor and constant passion to be a pioneer. And this just kind of changed me. Going through all this horrible stuff, God just kind of got my attention and said, I want your purpose to be to help people turn to God. I want your passion to be church planting. And that's where Paul was. Just by the way, let me just say on his passion for starting churches, I think one of the reasons for that is starting new churches is by far the most effective strategy for reaching people for Jesus. It just works. You want to help people turn to God? Start a church there. And that's why this church was started. And that's why this church starts so many churches and helps start churches all over the country in Mexico, in Cuba, Austria, strange places like Canada. We've been helping do that because it's effective. Now you read, Paul says, my passion is church plant. And look, he says, my ambition has always been to preach the gospel where it's never been preached. This has always been my passion. And you might think, wait a minute, Paul. Are you lying to us here? Is this the one mistake in the New Testament? Because, Paul, we know this hasn't always been your passion. If you know anything about Paul, if you've done any of his readings, you, you know he was passionate about other stuff before this. For a while, he, in Philippians 3, he says his passion was to be the best little Jewish boy he could be. That was his passion. And then his passion was to be the best Jewish man he could be. And then his passion was to stop Christianity. And then his passion was to arrest Christians. And even Acts chapter 7, his passion was to kill Christians. You're saying, Paul, your ambition always? Uh, maybe you're just not being honest here. I don't think that's what it is. I think what, what Paul's doing here is he's making a distinction between his passion and God's passion for his life. And I think there's a huge distinction between my passion and God's passion for my life. And you hear this, all these success people say, find your passion, find your passion. You need to find your passion. I'd say, don't worry about that. Don't spend too much time finding your passion. Instead, find God's passion for your life because your passion is probably trivial. Yeah, my passions have always been just kind of silly. I, I was, I'm passionate about baseball. You know, baseball, honestly, is trivial. We, we had four months of the baseball season this year that didn't happen. Didn't matter. The Dodgers won the World Series this year. I thought, oh, crap, all my Dodger fan friends are going to be... They never even said anything because it's just so trivial. It's 2020. Who cares about baseball? For a long time, my passion was for English sports cars. A friend of mine had an MG in 1953, and uh, he let me drive it one summer. It was great. That was my passion until I bought an MG. And um, it's an English car. MG stands for, my goodness, is this thing ever going to run? Um, 
It's translated, MG in the Old Testament is translated in the New Testament as piece of garbage. There you go. I'll do that. Our passions are, so don't find your passion. Don't worry about that. Find God's passion for your life. The question is, how do you do that? This morning, I want to walk us through this book of Romans and look at some steps that Paul had taken and that we can take on finding God's passion, not our passion, God's passion for our lives. Because your passion, it may do something for you. God's passion for your life may turn your world and the world upside down. So how do you find your passion? Let's walk through these. Um, and there's, I think I've got seven of them. We're gonna, if you're cold, there's these great fire pits over here. I'm not going to be offended if you, if you need some passion and you want to go over there and light a fire under you. Here's, here's the question. How do you find God's passion for your life? Let's start with number one. Number one is step into God's mercy. Romans 12, Paul says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Go all in. In view of God's mercy, there's a lot of talk in our society right now about justice. Justice this, justice that. We need justice. Do we really? I mean, the good news about justice is the fact that we have this desire for justice shows us there's more to life than this, and that's God putting eternity in our hearts. And there's, If you're wondering, is there a God, just look in your life. You have this desire for justice. That's, that's God showing that he exists and there's an afterlife and all that. But Romans 3 Paul says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6, he says, the wages of sin is death. True justice, if you really wanted justice, it would mean God would come and just wipe all of us off the face of the earth right now. I'm not sure we want justice. I heard about the older lady. She got her new driver's license in the mail, and she opens it up, and she says, you know, this, this picture doesn't do me justice. And her poor husband says, honey, at your age... You don't need justice, you need mercy. <laughs> justice is great, but we need mercy. And, and Paul talks about it's the mercy of God. While we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. God loves us. He sent Jesus for us. He offers us mercy. And Paul says, because of that mercy, step into it. And when you step into God's mercy, offer yourself to God. Give him your whole body. Make a full commitment. And you know what happens? When you make a commitment, you get passion. Passion comes from commitment. If you're feeling just not very passionate in life, just not feeling it, it's probably because your commitment is not there. When you go all in, that's when the passion comes. And too often, especially with our faith, we're just not quite all in. We're just dabbling. You know, you're, we're, we're like socially distancing from this whole Christian. I don't want to get too close in. I'll stay six feet apart. You know, I'll put my mask on. I, I, I like Jesus, but, I, you know, I'm going to wash my uh, hands with sanitizer. I don't want to get too close. And Paul says, no, you've got to go all in. When you go all in, you go all in on any, that's when the passion comes. So how do you find God's passion for your life? You've got to make that commitment here at Journey. We talk about the ABC prayer. A is admitting, I need mercy. I want justice, but I need Mercy, you admit that, believe Jesus offers that forgiveness, and then you make the commitment, I'm all in. I want to encourage you, go all in. Number two, how to find God's passion for your life. Transform your mind. 
Change your mind a little bit. It says, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his perfect, pleasing, and perfect. What you want God's plan for your life? That's going to involve you changing your mind. We get stuck in our ways. We get stuck in our thinking. And for you to understand God's passion for your life, it's going to mean you've got to change your, your, your thinking a little bit. And, and that's going to happen over time. You know, I realized since 1986, my passion is not church planting. My passion is church planters and leaders. And that's, you know, that just changes. And if you want God's passion for your life, you've got to just say, God, change my mind. Because we get so stuck. And the great thing about 2020 is it's helped us change our mind a little bit and just stop and go, wow, that really wasn't very important, was it? I was passionate about that? Wow, that's, that doesn't even exist anymore. Change your mind. Change your, if you haven't changed your mind this year, you haven't been handling it right. And when, when you allow God to change your mind, you go, maybe I'm off here. You change your mind. You change your thinking. That God's passion will come. Number three. Oh, here's uh, this. I love this Mark Twain quote. Take your mind out every now and then. Dance on it. It's getting all caked up. <laughs> Let's do that. Number three. Uh, get real. Paul's. And what God's passion for my life. You got to get realistic about your life. Look what He says, sir. For the grace given me, I say to every one of you. Lighten up a little bit. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. We miss God's passion because we have these delusions of grandeur. We, we tend to think more highly of ourselves than we should. And if you just look, you ask the typical young person, what's your passion? They'll tell you one of four things. I want to be a movie star. I want to be a rock star. I want to be a sports star, or I want to be a social media influencing star. One thing about those four, none of them are sober, right? And you're thinking, well, you know, you can't act, you can't sing, you can't hit a curveball, and you've only got three followers on Instagram. What are you talking about? Get realistic. Get... Take a good sober... I think the reason so many of us are depressed is because we've got these strange ideas of what we should be. You know, all the guys want to be Tom Brady and all the, all the women think, I've got to be, like, I can't pronounce her name, Tom Brady's wife. And what? no, no, depressed. Paul says, think, think realistically. If you're, take a good look at who you really are. And maybe you're a great singer and that's your passion. But... Maybe you're not. So just just get get real. I'm, there's some other stuff I can say on that I'm not. I'm going to go. Because it's, are you guys, are you guys pretty warm? Everybody's kind of sitting in the sun. You guys doing good? Good. I think I'm going to add a few more points. No, I won't do that. Uh, find your gift. He says we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. And then he um, lists them. Uh, your gift and your passion will go together. In Romans 12, great list of the spiritual gifts that God gives us. When we make that commitment, when we go all in, he gives us a gift. And in Romans 12, let's see if I can remember these. He says, you know, maybe it's serving, maybe it's teaching, maybe it's encouragement. 
Maybe your gift is leadership, uh, giving, showing mercy. And here's, here's the cool thing. Your gift and your passion will line up and they'll go together. So find your, when you find your gift, that's going to lead you to your passion. And your passion will lead you to your gift. God's designed you to put his passion in. It comes with his gift. How do you do that? Well, you, you experiment with as many as possible. You try all of them. I heard of a guy who says, you know, I'm going to try this encouragement thing. I'm going to try it on my wife. You know, she really is good. I'm going to go home and tell, I'm going to encourage my wife. I'm going to go home. and She's just great. She's wonderful. She's been so good. I'm just going to encourage her. He goes home, walks in the door, says, honey. And she says, yeah. He says, you know, it could be worse. He did not have the gift of encouragement. <laughs> experiment with these. I would say be careful with the prophetic experiment, though, with the prophet gift. Don't go up to people and say, God told me to tell you. Anytime anybody ever does that to me, that's what God told me to tell you. I always say the same thing. I always say, you know, that's funny. I just spoke to him this morning. He didn't mention it. Uh, there's other, you can go up to somebody and say, I, I see this in you. But try these. When you discover your gift, it leads to your passion. So, so try them. It's okay to to mess up and to you, we want you to find God's passion for your life number five make sure you're getting along with people check these two verses out Romans 12 Paul says I found my passion that God has given me but he says be devoted to one another one another in love honor one another above yourselves if your passion doesn't involve people you're not on the right track Right? If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, this is really important for 2020. Live at peace with everyone. Your passion is going to involve those people in your front row. Uh, I, there was a, a quote from uh, Bob Goff in his book, Dream Big. He says, um, if God answered every single one of your prayers, would anybody else's life change? And here's the, here's the truth. My passion has to do with me. God's passion for my life has to do with other people, especially those people in my front row. And you're trying to think of what is God's passion for my life and discover that a lot of that is the people in your front row. You're here to serve them and your passion should involve them. If it doesn't, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, if you're not loving people, you don't have anything, right? Uh, let's get to the, the last couple of these. Number six, when you're trying to discover God's passion for your life, don't project your passion on somebody else. Don't think, I'm passionate about church planting. That means you better or, or you're a terrible person. Um, that's, not, that's not the way. Do, do you guys ever get these things on, on Facebook or whatever, people post something and they say, you need to read the whole thing and they need to post it on 10 other people's things. And if you don't, you're a horrible human being. It's like, what are you talking about? I was just checking people's status because I was wasting time. Don't project. Uh, this is the verse Tim had us memorize a couple of weeks ago. Let us stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. In Romans 14, he says, you know, accept other people. Some people are different. They have different passions. God's given them different passions for their life. And he used two specific things. He says, some people are passionate about days. 
and some people aren't. You know, there's some of my friends who are so passionate, they like to start their Christmas celebration around Labor Day, right? And then, you know, I, I tend to like to celebrate Christmas, I don't know, around Christmas, but it's like nobody's, it's, it's okay. Just don't judge other people. Don't project. It's okay. They want their pumpkin spice in July. Fine, let them have it, right? And then he's talking about food. Some people, you know, they're all about the food. They want their, you know, the, the, their pumpkin, they got to have the pumpkin pie and the yams and the cranberry sauce. And other people are just like, can't we just do Mexican or something on Thursday? It doesn't really matter. Don't project, don't judge other people. And this is so important for our culture. See, people with these different passions, I think the vast majority of people in our culture want the same thing. They want, they want you know, but we have different passions and we're beating each other up over it. As, as you're trying to discover God's passion for your life, realize that it involves getting along with other people and it involves you understanding this is my passion. And you look at Paul in Acts chapter 13, it says there were leaders together. There was Barnabas, there was Simeon, there was Lucius, there was Manaean, there was Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and, and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart Barnabas and Saul, or Paul, Barnabas and Paul, for the work. They're going to be church planters. And Paul says, it's my passion to plant churches. But the fact that the Holy Spirit said, set apart Barnabas and Saul to, to do this and go be church planters also meant that God's passion for Simeon and Lucius and Manaean was to stay and not plant churches, but to, to help further God's gospel other ways. So it, it's okay. Just don't project. Here's the last one. Last one. There's the quote. Wrong place. Here's the last one. Seven. Don't, don't give up. Don't give up. Never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. God wants us to be passionate about what he has made us to do. And Paul says, it's been my passion. He says, don't give up on your passion. When can you be lacking in zeal, lacking in passion, lacking in fervor? When can you get? Never. And one of the problems with 2020, I don't know if this happened to you, but it happened to me. There's a couple little seasons where I just got stuck in complacency. And I thought, you know what? Why don't I just retire? We're going through the same thing. It's like Groundhog Day. It's like, why don't I just give up? And, and sometimes we just go, I, I'm never going to, I'm never going to find God's desire. For, keep going. Keep trying. Keep working at it. Young people, keep experimenting with stuff. Older people, it's okay. You can retire from work for pay, but you can't retire from working for Jesus. You've got to keep going. Never be lacking in zeal. Keep that for Keep your passion. Keep going. Keep at it. And that gets us back to the ABC prayer again. I just want to say, if you've been lacking in this whole passion thing and not feeling it, re-up, re-up your commitment. Maybe for the first time, maybe you're just, you know, recommitting. Admit, believe, commit. Here's the big challenge. Pick one of those seven and do it, right? Just, let, me, let me just pick one. I'm going to do the, you know, find my gift thing. 
or I'm, I'm just going to be realistic. I'm going to go talk to a couple other people and say, hey, you think, you think, you know, I'm, I'm five foot four. You think I can play in the NBA? That's my passion. You know, ask somebody. Just get realistic. I would love if one thing that happened to all of us in 2020, as we look back on this year, is that this would be the year where we said, you know what, a lot of weird stuff happened, a lot of tough stuff happened, a lot of bad stuff happened. That was the year I really took the next step in discovering God's passion for my life. Because when you discover your passion, eh, that's okay, but when you discover God's passion for your life, you can turn your world and you can turn maybe the world upside down. Let's pray. 